0: Since before the days of Galileo, there has been perceived conflicts between faith and science. What's a Christian to do when you're discussing someone who believes that science is the ultimate truth? That's going to be our tough question today on Life Talks. My name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship. We are concluding a series today on some tough questions that Christians often ask or are asked in regard to just issues about the nature of God or the nature of truth. So Ben, you and I both have had this happen to us. What do you do yeah. when someone t- says, yeah, but science and faith conflict all the time? There have been a lot of... Uh, you know, flawed and false positions taken by the church over the millennia. Yeah, Um, You can't trust your faith. Uh, We live in a culture today that's very naturalistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We believe that science is God almost. Mm. Um, And uh, we have elevated scientists and scientific discovery to an incredible level of of surety, yeah. uh, is that the best thing for a Christian to do? What do we do when it appears yeah. to conflict?
1: So I, I want to quote another line from Nacho Libre. I feel like it's Holy so God. I feel like it's so appropriate we right now. We went from
0: intellectual pursuit. <laughs> Dan, to Dan sheer really hard idiocy.
1: on that. Dan worked really hard on that intro to sound so like um, smart, professional, <laughs> and smart. And I'm like, I want to quote Nacho Libre. <laughs> so Nacho Libre has his buddy Escalito. Who they're 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 wrestling buddies. And uh Nacho Libre, who's you know this Catholic you know friar guy, he um he's his wrestling partner Escalito says, I don't believe in God, I only believe in science. And he has this shocked look on his face, he's like, what? You don't believe in God? But I think there's this misnomer, just even that that picture within pop culture 10 years ago. But that that
0: picture has become a reality for a large swath yes. of Gen Z. I
1: think it was a It was a caricature that says like you can't you can only believe in God or you can only believe in science you can't believe in both of them, and so that's why I bring that up. To there's this false dichotomy that you cannot hold both of those together, and that's just simply not true. And um, there's a lot of things we got to back way up if we're to answer this question. Um, But but I think what we have to understand is there was a time when you know even even during biblical times when people were writing the Bible, that when it came to science, it was not really good science. They really mixed religion and science very, mm-hmm. very much that there is these, um, uh, you know, in order to understand the way that the the natural wor- world worked, you had to understand the supernatural world. And, and we believe as Christians that there is a connection between the supernatural and natural. We don't see a dichotomy between the two. Um, but what you saw there was a book that was written in the 1870s that was very formative. It was by two men by the name of John Draper and Andrew White. And they wrote a book that basically argued that science and faith cannot coexist. And they used two, and again, this was about five years after um, origin of the species okay you know Darwin and his his theory of evolution and so there was a massive movement going on to promote this ideology M- more than just a scientific theory it was an ideology it was a philosophy like you said naturalism well naturalism was built upon a foundation of modernism and rationalism that started 200 years prior and so you know th- when modernism and rationalism th- those those philosophical philosophical movement started permeating in, and integrating themselves into a culture, it was like, how do we explain things apart from God? And one of the things that that Christians have been doing is constantly reacting to these isms, mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, okay, well, let's pick and choose what is, what's biblical, what's not biblical, because the Bible's always our authority. But when these two guys wrote this book, they used two major arguments to show how screwed up and how wrong the church was. And one is a lie and one is a complete misrepresentation of the truth. And they use the flat earth idea that Mm -hmm. that most Christians believe that the earth was flat. And uh, it was proven that the earth is not flat. And then the the other argument was, look at what the church did to Galileo, okay? And so these, and if you don't understand what what happened in Galileo, basically back in the 1540s, Galileo Galileo, um, had this, as he's observing the universe says, wait, we're not geocentric, we're heliocentric. It means the the, the sun does not revolve around the earth, we revolve around the sun. And, you know, there's been a lot of people that have theorized that. It's not like Galileo was the first person, but he was the one that really, um, because of the printing press, was able to promote his ideas in a broad way. And and there was something... There was a great scholar, a Galileo scholar by the name of Stillman Drake, and he, when he wrote about Galileo's life, he said the issue between the Catholic Church and Galileo was not an issue between religion and science; it was an issue between authority and freedom of thought. Mm-hmm. And so, you're, you're, it's a false, it's a false argument to say that it was about religion and science of what Galileo taught, because there were a lot of Christians that believed in in a heliocentric universe. But you have to in the in the cultural context of what Galileo was doing was what happened in 1517, 95 theses, the the birth of the Reformation. The Catholic Church was seeing its influence crumble before their eyes, and so here you had another person coming up with a new idea, and they they squelched it because it was about no, we're right, and you know no one else is, everyone else is wrong it was not an issue of religion and science it was an issue of authoritarian power and freedom of expression. And so, um, and, and the idea that most Christians thought that the earth was flat. No, that's not true. Most educated Christians, people who were, you know, went to universities who studied sciences would, 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 believe that no, the earth was not flat. The earth is, you know, obviously a, a, a sphere. And so, um, mo- there were a lot of common uneducated people that believe that, but that didn't mean that that was what the, position of the church. So they start with a very faulty premise that the church was the this institution keeping the world from understanding science. and it's actually the exact opposite. Some of the greatest scientists um ever to live were people that were, you know, believers in God. and it was actually their their understanding of God that drove them to a lot of their scientific theories and and understanding. So I mean, it's just a false idea that we have that the world somehow, um, you know, the, the religion and science are somehow, you know, you can't, you can't merge them.
0: Yeah. I would even suggest that it's a dangerous thing to to study science without an appreciation hmm. for the supernatural for yeah. the appreciate, because it creates an arrogance. Yes. Um, and also it, it robs us of hope. Hmm. Um, and then the other, the other logical argument is how can you know something's natural if there's not the presence at least of supernatural. It's how yes. can you know that something is light if there wasn't the presence of dark? Yes, There is, there is, uh, you know, an ontological need, so to speak, for the supernatural mm. that uh, defies our ability to just simply explain it. Uh, in, you know, and you look back over history, you know, like Newton was a, a oh, fervent believer, absolutely. and yeah. he would have argued that the pursuit of science is the pursuit of God, and I think yes. that was true of many of the greatest science scientists. Yes. The more, the more we unlock each little scientific ministry or um, mystery. The more I like we that, though. <laughs> I like scientific ministry. Yeah. I mean, maybe well, we start something. Is, so saying, yeah. <laughs> but the more we unlock each mystery, the the more uh, the more we worship. Yeah. <laughs> when we see the 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 greatness, the complexity, the the you know the stunning creativity uh, of God and mm. His design, uh, and again. All of creation just drips with design. Yes. If there's design, there has to be a designer. Yes. And this didn't just can't, that you cannot explain this as half a- Absolutely. And that requires, but in order to, if, if you're going to be fully devoted to the idea that there is no God, hmm. the only other solution is, uh, is, is. natural Chance. Yeah. yeah. It's chance though. Also the, the origin has to have begun by chance.
1: Yeah. And that, that requires, uh. A great book. I know we've referenced it before, but I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Mm -hmm. Is a great book because it talks about how much you have to believe in order to to believe. There's no designer. There's no creator. There's no purpose to any of these things. That when we look at the the um, the natural design of things, that we're all of a sudden saying, "Oh, that just that just somehow evolved over time." And I think that's the the idea of of chance and mutations and time equals somehow where we have today. Man, that takes so much more faith than to believe that there is an all powerful God that created this, because everything we see, there's not a, um, you know Norman Geisler. I had him for a class on this. Uh, he always just said, you know, if you if a box of alphabets was tipped over on the table, and and out of this box spelled, um, take out the garbage with the alphabets that were spelled out. Okay, you would you would not think, oh my goodness. The box just fell over in these in these, you know, few letters spelled out, can you take out the garbage? No, you'd think, well, the box spilled and someone had a little fun and they wanted me to give me a message to take mm-hmm. out the garbage. Mm-hmm. That's just one that's just a few word statement that we would in our minds logically believe, okay, there is a there is a messenger behind this message. Well, how much more when you look at all the technological, not the technological, the scientific, um, finds that they've had the DNA, you know unlocking the dna right mm-hmm. the, the human genome understanding the the amount of genetic information in one human being is the amount of if you could fill insight ency- one encyclopedia up and and sit stack them on 200 encyclopedias on every seat in madison square garden that is the that is the mess that's the the um genetic coding of every human being. And you're telling me, you take one of those (laughs) strands off and all of a sudden you have, you don't have a human being anymore. Whoa, the amount of faith you need to believe that that genetic information just somehow arrived or evolved without any kind of design that takes faith. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's just something that I I think a lot of people in their naturalistic way, they want to hold on to an explanation of things that, that, that they don't want to acknowledge that there is a God.
0: Yeah, th- and and that's, that's an important thing, and we see it in Romans, you, you know, uh uh, chapter one in other places, but the notion is man is yet to find an argument he's not willing to consider if it means he does not have to be accountable to God. Mm, mm. And that's that's been part of the whole thing since, you know, the so origin of, of, of sin. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I also feel like a lot of our, our young people, because, you know, spend a lot of time with them, um, I, I, I want to just caution those for, for instance, I'm not a person who says, don't consider the other arguments. I'm, uh, you know, I've known people I've grown up and like, don't read that stuff. It'll pollute your mind. I just think you have to read everything with caution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> to, uh, particularly this is the time of the year when we're taping this, when a lot of our young people are going to college mm-hmm. and I've been, been working with them, trying to prep them for that yeah. time. And they'll let one person who who probably has never studied ten minutes worth of theology in his life be responsible for dismantling their entire faiths. they're listening to the wrong people. yeah, they're not listening to they're not listening to a balanced thing. Um, the arguments for naturalism are very easily uh, I can't force anybody to believe right uh, you, you you know we, we often end up believing what we want to believe that's right. but I will tell you there are logical answers mm-hmm. there that that aren't just, well, the Bible says <laughs> <laughs> to yes. all of the questions yes. that we pose to science mm. or that science poses to us as to why there is no God or yes. to why there can't be a God yes. or why he's irrelevant. And we if you're going to be well-educated, if you're going to take a position on this, you better do
1: your homework. I, I'm so glad you said that because I think many times Christians feel like we're the, we have to be defensive mm-hmm. in that, we're the ones that don't have the answers. And really, the more that you question them, like they have a lot of questions that they cannot answer. Like, for example, um, one of the, I remember this one quote or the this one video thing where someone from a creation research uh, uh, organization was asking a question of a scientist and said, can you think of one time, it just give me one example of when a mutation happened that was, when it added genetic information. Because most mutations, there's a decrease in mm-hmm. genetic mutation. So what they're saying is, well, over time, mutations led to the evolution. He's like, well, that goes against science, observable, factual, evidential science that, that we've never been able to observe a mutation leading to more genetic information. And this guy sat there, what I mean, without any cutting, it was just he sat there for like five minutes and he just he couldn't answer the question. And so how do they answer that? That is a there's so many questions that they can't answer. Don't be afraid. I know one of the things that um, we used to do when I was a youth pastor for, at, at, at our, at, when you were the the senior pastor is we used to give every person who graduated from high school a, the uh, new evidence that demands a verdict yeah, from Josh, Josh McDowell, McDowell, that giant thick book. And it, you know, I don't know how well that served many students, but we knew that they were going to be tested. And um, whether it's Case for a Creator by Lee Strobel or, or Evidence Demands a Verrick, uh, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. There's so many books that are out there that you can resource yourself with to be knowledgeable so that you don't have to feel afraid walking into biology, intro to biology. In, in college.
0: Yeah. And, and that's another thing I always tell our young people is I don't know doesn't mean there isn't a good answer. Yeah, that's good. And it's perfectly really acceptable good. to say, I don't know, but let me study that some more. Let mm-hmm. me get back to you. Mm. Um, just because somebody pulls, you know, a, a move on you, an intellectual move on you that's put you on the defensive for a moment still doesn't mean that you're wrong. Yeah. You can still win the bout, yeah. but you may need to go back and do some, do some study. Mm. However, I also say I don't have A lot of I used to, but I don't anymore. I don't have a lot of passion trying to convince someone someone who has already declared themselves unconvincible. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so there's there's plenty of people that I can have a rational, Mm unemotional conversation with. I can challenge their. Uh, you know, worldview. I can I can challenge them to think a little deeper. Yeah, th- that the Holy Spirit may use to draw them to f- to mm. faith and repentance. Um, that I'm not going to just spend a whole lot lot of energy. You know, I've known some well-meaning Christians who will get on, um, <laughs> Reddit. <laughs> Reddit, and and just debate until they're, yeah, and 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 feel like they've accomplished something, and really they've accomplished nothing. Yeah. You know, you got you got. You know, some unshaven slob in somebody's mom' <laughs> basement who who read one of the yeah. four atheist horses of the apocalypse and thinks that they're an expert. Yeah,
1: but you know, you said something. I, I just want to stop you. You said something about worldview, and to me, that's what we're really talking about. Here. Absolutely, because science and faith don't contradict each other. There's never been a contradiction between faith and science. What you what you're really arguing against is scientism. Mm-hmm. The belief that there is only science, mm-hmm. and a belief in in theistic you know, a theistic worldview, and so or naturalism, whatever you want to call it, but that's what the real argument is about. Don't get stuck in the weeds of are trying to argue yep. these details of saying you got to back up because it's the worldview that influences your philosophy, and your philosophy that in that influences the interpretation of what you're seeing in life.
0: Yeah. The, I mean, that that's such an important thing for every parent to know that worldview education for your young people mm. is an essential in giving them the tools with which they can, they can survive a world yeah. that's, that's anti-Christian, anti-faith. Yes. Um, and, and worldview is the lens through which we view all of the data, all the information, all the isms yep. um, and all the ologies. Yes. And, 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 y- 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 it's, it's really the foundation for sound thinking, but there isn't just one worldview. Mm. <laughs> and, and so we have to educate ourselves out. I'm, I'm a contention that there are only two worldviews. If you want to be a, mm. a purist about it, either you believe that there is a God and he matters or you don't, mm. uh, you may believe, well, there may be some kind of God, little g or gods, mm. but, but they really are not as relevant as, as others would make them to be. Yeah. Whereas my worldview is, Oh, there is a God. He is above all other gods, mm-hmm. and he absolutely matters because he began it all. Those two positions change how I view everything That's from right. art to science to, right. to you know, just everything. Yes. Um, and for someone to just dismiss that summarily, uh, says you're not taking the time to understand mm. how people think, yeah, or where people are coming from, and and so don't accuse me of being what you are demonstrating in in you know glowing color here, yeah, yeah, um, and and so those are the times where you can educate yourself. Uh, know the right apologetic questions to ask, but I would also just say don't get sucked into the black hole yeah. of debate because if you do, you'll just lose your mind eventually.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's that's really wise. So I mean, I, I think we only have a couple minutes left here, but you know, there, there's a couple things. I I think it's really important to understand that there are certain things that science cannot answer. Mm-hmm. They can't. Okay. So for example, um, science cannot explain meaning and purpose in life. Can't do it. You know, you can. Science can can. It's Science is about observing the natural realm and trying to come up with some underlying principles of how things work, okay? But one of the things we also know about science is science is always changing. We're, we're always discovering new things. And so what we previously thought, we discovered, oh, this is this is something new. Well, there are certain things that we know, the Bible's never been proven wrong. Mm-hmm. And so what are you gonna put your faith in? Something that could be, you know, oh, we've discovered a new level of science. And again, it doesn't mean that, it just means that there's we, there's more technology to understand you know, observable reality or the natural way of things, but you know, it can't explain meaning and purpose. It can't explain morality and ethics. It can't explain the supernatural. It can't, you know. Even I was in a conference a few years ago, and um, it was an apologetics conference. And one of the things that they talked about was this idea that science cannot explain consciousness. <laughs> they can, they can measure and and observe um, synapses between neurons and brain. They can, they can measure brain activity, but they do not understand why there's actually a consciousness to our, to our body. They can't explain the soul in the human body. And that is really difficult. You know, there's no, they have no answer for that. And, and I, I remember listening to the scientists who had studied, uh, this, this whole issue with, I think it was like Oxford or, um, Cambridge, one of those big universities in England that everyone respects, but they were, they were dumbfounded. They're like, you, there's no, there's no way, there's no human, exp- there's no scientific explanation for why there's a conscious and, and, or why there's not. And so that to me, there's certain things that science still cannot explain and you can't lean on for science, which is why you need the supernatural in life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, you know, often, and we heard this during COVID and other times, mm-hmm. where they, people want to say, Trust. the science is settled.
1: <laughs> Trust the science. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> the science
0: is not settled yeah. because all it takes, it, for, for, for all of human history, people said authoritative things yes. about what they thought was settled science, yeah. only to find out that they didn't have a clue.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, even think about three, you know, three years ago what we thought we knew about COVID to what we know today. Exactly. And so many things that were like, oh, these people didn't want you to know this. I mean, it's just, there's so much... so much messiness in that
0: yeah and the, you know the wonderful thing about about theology is we encourage you to ask the tough questions yes we want absolutely. you to pursue God he will reveal himself to you we want you to do that when you come up to someone you know who has a view of science and naturalism that says don't question yeah that ought yeah. to be a, you know warning Red warning Will flag. Robinson that's a yes. problem well we're out of time Ben thank you That stimulating and again as all of our conversations are this is not intended to be the the end of your journey it's the mm. it's intended to be the beginning of your journey Uh, Ben mentioned a half a dozen books. We can always share with you more ideas on books you should be reading, Uh, but uh, continue your exploration, continue conversations, and listen to the Word of God as it speaks to you and leads you into all truth. As always, we thank you for joining us here at Life Talks. If you have any suggestions, ideas, or questions, you can hit us up at lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. Share us on social media, and until next time, thanks for joining us here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit
1: the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of life fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.